0: Calling on nerds, calling on nerds, calling all nerds. One does not simply walk into geekdom.
1: You're entering the Nerd Nighted Nation's podcast. You're a nerd.
0: Damn right.
1: I'm a nerd, actually. All things geek are up for grabs. Music. Skits, comedy, or sitcoms. Doctor Who. I love Tim Hurst.
0: Slash.
1: Eternity. Batman. Superman. Wonder Woman. The Joker. Wait a minute, I want to talk about The Joker. Star Wars. Love me some Star Wars. Magic. I'm an art guy. Paranormal. Halloween life. Now, here's your ambassadors Melissa Nicholson. And Jared Boots. Hello, nerds and nerdettes, and welcome to the Nerd United Nations podcast. I am your co-ambassador from the heart of the Midwest in these United States of America, Jared Boots. Right now, I'd like to welcome my co-ambassador from the Great White North, Miss Melissa Nicholson. Melissa, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing very well. Freezing over here in the Great White North, but that's just usual. How were things over there?
1: Hot and sweaty. And then again, <laughs> we've been getting rain nonstop for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Can't rain all the time. Hey, first comic book reference already in the books. <laughs> 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 so Melissa, give us a little. Can you give us a little synopsis of what our show is all about?
0: Well, our show is all about everything nerdy, and basically we decided to create this podcast from our very own nerdy discussions that we've had. And we've been... We started... We became friends, what, two years ago now? Yep. And uh, from seeing Infinity War, we just, like, hit it off in all nerd conversation. So we I, believe decided... that was,
1: I believe that was a two day long discussion too. I think we talked for two days about infinity war.
0: It was, it was like a conversation that like never ended. <laughs> <laughs> there was so much to talk about it. Well, it was, was fun.
1: But mostly we couldn't stop talking about how much we love that Spider-Man died. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Already, already we're turning this show. off.
0: Yeah, everybody was all emotional and crying, and I'm just like, yes!
1: (laughs) I was like that the first five minutes when I saw Thanos beat the crap out of the Hulk in the first five minutes of that. And after (laughs) after watching Endgame, I'm even happier that he did that. (laughs) Spoilers if you haven't seen Endgame. Yeah, But as of time of this recording, it's been out for a little over a month, and it's made all the money, so... I guess it's on you, but then again, I just saw it last week at the time of this recording, so <laughs> I can't throw stones at people for delaying and seeing it. Well, no. so, Melissa and I realize that we're not blazing any trails here by having a Nerd Chat um, podcast, but we know what it's like to not have anybody to talk to about these kinds of things, to not get our references or just uh, go in deep with a discussion other than people asking us, hey, who's your favorite Batman? Or did you see this? Did you read this? So we thought we'd create like a, a safe haven for nerds to come in and you can either listen and talk to us either through the social media or you can just argue with us and disagree with us through the safety of your own stereo and your headphones like a lot of us do.
0: <laughs> Isn't that the truth?
1: <laughs> so... <laughs> With this first episode, we just kind of want to have you get a chance to know us, and we also want to pay tribute to one of the titans in Nerdum, and that's Stanley. At the time of this recording, we're about six months away uh, past his passing. So we just want to give a nice little eulogy, pay tribute to Stan, and uh, talk about our favorite characters he's created and our favorite cameos. And then after that, we'll talk about ourselves a little bit, and then we'll wrap it up. So, Melissa, do you want to start with your memoir to Stan?
0: Yeah, sure. <clears throat> um, words cannot express the love and admiration that I and many other fans have for Stanley. He worked hard to create the most iconic of characters. He not only created superheroes like the Avengers, X Men, and Fantastic Four, he created characters that were very much human and dealt with issues within the real, real world. They weren't always perfect the first time either, like Tony Stark trying out his Iron Man suit for the first time. He fails several times before getting it right. His comics were lighthearted and fun, and so are the movies that followed. Stan once said, I used to be embarrassed because I was just a comic book writer while other people were building bridges or going on to medical careers. And then I began to realize, entertainment is one of the most important things in people's lives. Without it, they may go off the deep end. I feel that if you're able to entertain people, you're doing a good thing, and a good thing he did a very good thing in fact. what is so admirable is that he seemed like the most humble of gentlemen, someone who genuinely loved what they did. I think it is that I think it, it that's what kept him going he never growing up and staying young at heart with his ideas of superheroes and all their adventures. I think we should all take notes from him and remember to never give up, to follow what we love, and to always keep ourselves young at heart.
1: That is beautiful. <laughs> Have you read any biographies on Stan at all?
0: Yes. And I can't remember the title, of the one that I recently read. Um, it had escaped me from right at this moment, but it was really good. Cause it really got into like his early life and then into like his writing. And then now, you know, um, it was a really well done uh, book.
1: Uh, I told you before. I mean, we started recording that I read a, uh, I wrote it down. I think the brand was called Revolutionary Comics, and it was called Contemporary Biographics, and it was on Stan Lee. I dug it out of. Uh, I went to a. I used. To, I lived in Des Moines a few months ago, and I went to a flea market store, and I dug it out of millions of long boxes, and I found it. I finally read it today, and and. I found it enjoyable but it it came kind of hard to piece together info to find on him just cuz it jumped all over the place but another book I read by him was called Amazing Fantastic Incredible a, a marvelous memoir and the beauty of that book is it's done in a comic book form and I read that one in about one night and that one goes more in depth it's a full on biography mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be spitting facts about him all night for fear I'd get something wrong, and I don't want to besmirch the man. A man that's given me so much, even though I'm, I am by far a DC guy through and through. I still have my love for Stanley. I still have my respect for Stanley. More for the fact that he has been such an iconic figure in this world. Everybody knows who Stanley is. Even people don't read comics; they go to Marvel movies and they see, "Oh, that guy was in Spider-Man. That's the guy that created Spider-Man." Or, I saw him in this movie, or I saw him on that, or. And I have to admit, when I got the news of him passing, I cannot remember the last time a celebrity death hurt me so much. Yeah. And it 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 pains me to say that I knew his time was coming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, but so I would be prepared for it to happen, but yeah. it still hurt more than I thought it would, and it made me pretty sad. I, I think probably Chris Farley before that, back in '97, was probably one of the last celebrity deaths to hurt me that much. Maybe Owen Hart mm-hmm. back in '99, '98. Yeah. But uh, even though I know he was in his upper 90s, he'd been canceling of con appearances and failing health, and losing his wife Joan the year before that. It mm-hmm. You had to start to assume the time was near. And at 95, I believe he was, when he passed. Um, yeah, it was a month before his 96th birthday. Um, it still hurt. And just a part of that world is gone. And you have to assume that if they were to make a Mount Rushmore of nerds, he would be the one of the four heads you see on there. And he, Marvel owes a debt of gratitude to him because when he first started there, they were trying to play catch up like hell to catch up to DC at the time. Because by the time Stan started creating the heroes, DC already had established Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Justice League, essentially, and then... But all those characters have their individual creators. Stan essentially created most of the universe by himself. And from this comic book I read today, though, it sounds like there's quite a debate who actually created most of those heroes, wasn't him or Jack Kirby. I guess there's a teeter-totter back and forth, and now that they're both gone, we'll never know. And But, uh at a time, like you said, he was at a time he was a little embarrassed to be writing comics when he first started out. And then once Marvel blew up like it did, he started waving the flag for Geeks Everywhere. And I don't know how many... You, you probably have more people nowadays, like Kevin Smith and Mark Hamill, who waved that flag proudly. But you have to assume Stan was probably the first one that did that. And he brought comics into the mainstream along with at least brought the Marvel comics in the mainstream and he made it cool and he would, I remember listening to him talk on, I believe it was Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman where he would talk about fighting the comics code. Uh, The uh, what's that book Seduction of the Innocent that somebody wrote back in the fifties about how comics lead to, juvenile delinquency and all that stuff and Stan was there in the forefront waving the flag standing his foot in the ground saying no are you crazy and Mm -hmm. and we're not the world's not going to get another Stan Lee
0: no not at all and I remember saying lots of times you know it's going to be a very sad day when he passes away and it certainly was I like Heard that he, he passed away, and I just cried. <laughs> I was just, I was at first really speechless. I just, I couldn't really believe it. And then I cried, because that was such a, you know, he he's what got me into Marvel, and got me into the movies, and the comics, and yeah. And for him to be, you know, go nerds, it's like, Wow, that's so cool. And that's what, you know, blossomed my nerd you know? And, yeah, that was like the second time I'd ever really you know, ugly cried over, you know, a celebrity. My first one was um, the lead singer of the Tragically Hit, Gore Downey. He was an amazing performer and an activist and i really admired him and when he passed away unfortunately from terminal brain cancer that really hit like i (laughs) i was knocked down on my knees after that one so this one when stan lee passed away was just as tough it was uh yeah really sad but at least like he's you know his movies are still there his comics are still there you know, we still have those to, you know, remember him. So,
1: and tr- try to remember him for all the good things he created. Whether you're a Spider-Man fan or not, uh, <laughs> he created a lot of other good characters, and he he made his he made his mark on the geek world. And nobody's ever going to take that away from him. Yeah. And if that if I've seen the meme floating around on Facebook, like name one person who deserves to have a statue made out of him, I would. Throw my wallet right now at Stanley getting his own statue. Um, but uh, I'm happy that he's back with Joni. I've never seen him. I can't remember what I was watching. I'd miss it on Netflix or Hulu behind the scenes with Stan and seeing him with his wife. And I think they were married for, at the time of her passing, 50, 60 years?
0: Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's a very long time. Yeah,
1: we should all be so lucky to find somebody like that. And if if you read the biographies and stuff, she's the one that pushed him to write what he wanted to write about the Fantastic Four was one of his first ones. Yes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, Human Torch wasn't his. He re he reimagined the Human Torch because I believe at that time Marvel had Captain America, they had the Human Torch, and they had the Submariner. Hmm. And then Stan went wild and created a universe from yeah. there so, uh, so Melissa, yeah. I know who your favorite Stanley created character is oh but but for the, for those at home who don't know you like I do, who is your favorite character be created by Stanley?
0: My absolute favorite is Iron Man he. I had fruit when I first got into Marvel. I, my first Marvel movie was The Hulk. I went and saw that in the movie theater.
1: Which Did, one, the Ang Lee one or the Edward Norton one?
0: Uh, the one where now I'm not sure who directed it, but Eric Bana played The Hulk.
1: That would be, I think, the Ang Lee one, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Okay, because yeah. that was one, yeah, I saw and I didn't really get into it at, at all, really. So, but then the iron man movies came out and i saw those and i just love them absolutely love them and he became my absolute favorite character cuz he's just snarky and he can be quite cocky at times and but he's still this human character who deals with a lot of his own personal issues especially from his life experiences and things like that so you know he's he's also a little bit relatable in his like his personal struggles and then just his snarkiness because I've got quite a snark when I you know when I want to <laughs> lay it out so yeah <laughs> he's my favorite cause,
1: you're a snarky canuck
0: yeah yeah I can be pretty snarky when, when called upon so
1: <laughs> so were you, were you an Iron Man fan before Robert Downey Jr. was cast
0: <sighs> that. That was the first time I had ever heard of Iron Man, was through the movies.
1: Well, he was a yeah. D-list character for years and years. That's one thing I can give the devil's due with Marvel and Disney is they took, with these Avengers movies, the Marvel movies, they took a lot of D-level characters like Thor and Iron Man and made them blockbusters. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's much... Iron Man Three was okay, (laughs) but uh,
0: that (laughs) one—I
1: think I was inspired casting with Robert Downey Jr.
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember Iron Man Three after it came out of the theater, my friend Katie was really angry about it because in that one he blew up all his Iron Man suits, and she was like raving about. She was just like, "Why did he do that? (laughs) He shouldn't have done that." It was a very long drive home of her just like. Yelling about it, and yeah, I wasn't too happy about that either. But you know, I thought it was pretty sweet that he did that for, for Pepper, so you
1: know, oh, <laughs> proof that Tony Stark has a heart. A heart. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Iron Man 2 is very underrated. I really enjoyed Mickey Rourke's performance as Whiplash and seeing him like listening to him with that Russian accent. I want my bird. Yeah, That's my <laughs> Yes, I was on a Mickey Rourke high at that time from the wrestler and from once upon a time, Mexico before that and sin city. Hmm. So I was on a, I was on a Mickey Rourke high at that time <laughs> seeing him play a comic book film. It's pretty funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I really, yeah. I, as you know, sometimes sequels aren't as good as the first one, but I definitely like the second one better. I have to say. And yeah, Mickey Rourke's whiplash was pretty good. Yeah.
1: So. so I don't hear a lot of people talk about that one. I think it catches some guff every now and then, but usually the one that takes the, takes the bullets is Iron Man 3, which I'd say is probably the weaker of the three. Yeah.
0: So, like, I could I could definitely see why people don't really, you know, they kind of bash that one more. I can definitely see that because it really wasn't, like, it was it was a decent story. It was a strong enough story, but... It did have its sort of weaker points, so I could see why people kind of
1: brush that one off. Well, people go to comic movies for action. Yeah, and I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but it's remember him laying around a lot and talking to a kid, and it's about all I remember.
0: Yeah, from it, yes. and
1: and was it a fake out with the Mandarin? Yeah, Kingsley. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers if you haven't seen Iron Man 3, but that's been a long time, 2013-ish? Yeah, so that's, what, six years? Thereabouts. I think it came out after about the first Avengers, didn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was Avengers and then it was that one. So, yeah. Feels like it came out just yesterday, honestly.
1: (laughs) Time flies. I remember seeing the first Avengers in theater in 2012 next thing we know i'm seeing the last avengers movie of this of this run mm-hmm. or as we know it
0: yep yeah crazy to say that you know that there's not going to be any other avengers movies that's just you know a little bit mind blowing but it has to end sometime i guess you know
1: yeah and these Besides. actors can actors can't play the roles forever
0: no they can't
1: I know we discussed a little side tangent we've discussed before. Then after I saw Avengers last week, the Endgame last week, that Chris Evans's storyline ending, Captain America's storyline ending, would have been a lot better if it hadn't been revealed that his contract was expired. Yeah, that would have been a, it. Would have been a little more heartfelt, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely didn't feel much emotion at that point, like when he was like his ending, and I'm like, okay, you know. Well, that's, you know, really awesome that he, you know, changed his timeline and he, you know, um, kind of followed what he wanted to do, what he, you know, what he couldn't do before. So now he had the opportunity to do that. But yeah, it really wasn't that sad because I already knew that he would be leaving. So um, yeah, he was the only one that I knew that was going to be leaving because his contract had ended. Um but yeah, I didn't know. I sort of heard rumors about. Spoiler alert, guys! If you haven't seen it, um, well, fast
1: forward. Fast forward of a minute or two in this podcast, then come back and listen, yeah. or go see End Game. Press pause. <laughs> go see End Game if you haven't already before it leaves theaters. Push it over. Push it past Avatar. I haven't seen Avatar, so go ahead and push it past Avatar. Come back and hit play again. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, because I had heard rumors about like Robert Downey Jr., you know, ending his contract, and and then oh, what, Iron Man might die. It was in a lot of theories and things that I read about the movie that you know, and so I was like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not gonna believe it. I'm gonna, you know, and so it was still a, a surprise when Tony Stark sacrifices himself, and then he ultimately dies. So that was. That was an emotional time. I,
1: it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah and I'd never, I never, I, avoided the spoilers the best I could because I waited. I outweighted you to go see it. I actually turned down tickets on opening, free tickets on opening night to go see this movie, but I decided to go out to eat with my mom, my mommy instead. Because <laughs> um, M- <laughs> Melissa and I have discussed before that I just wasn't excited for this movie. I liked the ending of Infinity War. And I I, would, I just wasn't excited to go see it. Like, I'd see the trailers, and i hear all the hype for it. And I'm like, I don't know why. I'm just not excited to see this movie. And I avoided spoilers the best I could. And it started getting really hard there for a while towards the end. And um, I had no idea about Iron Man... Sacrificing himself, I did see a meme. I think right before the movie opened, where it was a meme that had Tony Stark and all the Starks from Game of Thrones on there, and it said, "Good luck to all the Starks this weekend <laughs> but uh I did laugh at that and uh when i w- I was actually taken back by Tony Stark sacrificing himself, I thought it would be Captain America since we knew Chris Evans was going into it. I did kind of chuckle at the person in front of me who cried when Black Widow sacrificed herself. <laughs> like, really?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. There was, there was a few uh, reactions in the theater. was like, <gasps> and I'm just like, okay. I, you
1: know, she sacrificed
0: herself. Okay. Yeah,
1: and if you, watch the, if you watch Infinity War, you know somebody's got to sacrifice himself for the Soul Stone. Yeah, But but in my mind's eye, I did propose this question to a guy at work. Wouldn't Cap going back and putting all the stones back bring back Black Widow?
0: Right? That, that was my thought, too. And how, like, there was the, oh, you can only take one trip. Like, you get your one trip, you go, you come back. And yet, he was able to create his own timeline. Like, stay in that timeline and create his own. It's like, well... What? How? Clearly,
1: that work? clearly, Cap doesn't watch the Flash.
0: Clearly, he <laughs> just the <a> Barry Allen. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, dude. Uh, this is first time, I guess.
1: I do have to admit that uh, Tony Stark's passing was sad, but the freaking Hulk took me out of it seeing. Hulk Banner in a tuxedo just took me out of it. <laughs> I'm okay with the I'm okay with the talking raccoon in this universe, but I'm not okay with a, a green guy that looks like Mark Ruffalo. And I was joking with a guy at work. I go, maybe they just did that to because you see a lot of people on internet say, oh, Mark Ruffalo is the best Hulk ever. I'm like, well, he's never played the Hulk. He plays Bruce Banner. <laughs> Technically, only Lou Ferrigno's played the Hulk. Everybody else has been CG <laughs> and then Bruce Banner. So maybe they did that as a stab at people to say. But apparently, according to my friend's brother, it's like that in the comics too. I don't know that. I don't read the Hulk. A lot of the Marvel characters I read don't appear in these movies. So um, so I, I was unaware of that. So I will take that for what it's worth. Yeah. Well, we didn't mean to take this uh, nice tribute to Stan and rip on the uh, – Movie that features this last cameo, um, which Melissa missed the first time.
0: <laughs> yes, I I don't I hate to admit it, but yes, I missed it the first time. But I saw him. I was like, "Is that him?" And I second guessed and was like, "Oh, maybe he just wasn't in it." And then I was pointed out to me later by someone who shall remain nameless, Jared, <laughs> <laughs> who said that. He sped by in a car, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I saw that. I just missed it completely." So, oh well. well
1: rest <laughs> in peace, Tony. Rest <laughs> in peace, Tony Stark. Uh, apparently, according to an internet article, we have Ironheart coming. They teased that in Captain Marvel. Apparently, uh, I, we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna go that on that side tangent right now about Captain Marvel. <laughs> oh.
0: Let's let's not go down that route and
1: <laughs> that's for another podcast. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. They w- they wouldn't like what I actually, you know, have renamed the movie, so we'll just and not,
1: not, not in twenty nineteen, especially not here in the United States.
0: <laughs> exactly. So let, let, let's not go there.
1: So let's um, let's transition. Let's uh I've been keeping Melissa in suspense as to who my favorite Stan Lee created character is. And note, this is not my favorite Marvel character. He's probably my top five or ten, but this is my favorite one created by Stan Lee. Oh, okay. So, Melissa, do you have any guesses?
0: No, because all mine will be wrong. I've had some thoughts on which ones you might like, but I, I don't know. Just spit it out. <laughs> I,
1: can, I can break it down for you in three simple words. I am Groot. <laughs> Was that I, one of them? <laughs>
0: that was one of them, <laughs> I guess.
1: And I, thinking- had to admit, I, had to, I had to do some research to find out which of my favorite characters were created by Stan. Yeah. And, and Groot the- was the first one that came up that was co created by Stan Lee. Yeah. It was uh,
0: 1968.
1: Yeah. And I, have a, I have a comic somewhere. It's like a reprint of one of Groot's first appearances. Yeah. Actually, my nickname for my tug team is Groot. (laughs) Yeah, because when Guardians 2 came out, uh, I was talking to a teammate, and all I said was, I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. So when we played kickball that summer, instead of giving me a number in the back of my jersey, they put I am Groot on the back of it.
0: (laughs) 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 That's great. (laughs) <laughs> yeah
1: uh and i can fully admit it's because of the guardians movies i had no idea who groot was before those movies or who any of the guardians were before those movies and baby groot and and uh, baby groot and guardians 2 uh, i fell in love with them. i did like groot in the first one yeah. and uh i love rocket too those two are hand in hand but uh um, Groot has a special place in my heart. I even have a stuffed Groot doll. I carry in my bag. I take with me to tug tug of war tournaments now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and he got a little got me in the soft spot at the end of Guardians One when he said, "The we are Groot." Mm -hmm. Some of those some of those moments that. uh, or they're all in jail together. And the first one, he reaches up and starts taking the batteries out of the, out of the camera or something like that.
0: Yeah. And I was like, well, let's do let's keep in prison now.
1: I think Vin Diesel did a great job of uh, performing that. And he still does it. And he does. I think he recorded what? 37 languages for Groot. Wow. Yeah. And he continued to do it for baby Groot too. And teenage Groot it he was okay. It, it's yeah. growing on me, but uh, I can't wait until we get full-grown Groot. So we'll see what Groot brings us when Guardians Three comes out. Yeah. But I'm I'm excited. So I know Melissa's probably relieved now. Like, oh, she's probably been tossing and turning. What's his favorite character? What's his favorite character?
0: Yeah, yeah. Fun, Funny enough, I was like searching them, and I thought my my two that I had written down because I was like, okay. I wrote down Groot and I wrote down Loki. I don't know. I just like those two. Groot was my first one. So it's like, okay.
1: <laughs> we know each other so well, don't we? yep
0: you know, it's, it's scary sometimes,
1: but,
0: but ah, it's all good. <laughs>
1: I, I am a Groot fan. And thanks to Vin Diesel and James Gunn, I am a Groot fan. Even though Groot is currently in hot water for his comments by saying, I am Groot. And I, I claim to speak Groot, too. Um, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine, she, oh, she just had her baby a couple of days ago. So, Kara and Richard, congratulations on baby Sebastian at the time of this recording, June 1st. I think he's a couple days old now. Uh, congratulations, you guys. Can't wait to meet the little guy. He's going to be a great nerd like his mommy and daddy are. Um, we They wanted to fall into the trend like when Aaron and Wendy had their baby Gwen. They wanted to do instead of doing cards for the baby shower, they wanted to do baby books. So I found Night Night Groot, oh, <laughs> and great. I get that I gave that as my book for uh, for Sebastian. And I wrote I am Groot a bunch of times in the book, and then I wrote a translation for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
1: there's that. There's actually if you guys follow film theory, it's, it's also ran by Matt Pat, who does game theory and. Game Theory Live and all that stuff. He does a video on film theory about how to speak Groot. He breaks it down, they like listen to the frequencies and tone and all that stuff and pitch so you can learn to speak Groot. It's pretty <laughs> entertaining. I highly recommend it. I like to say that Game Theory is not a sponsor of the Nerd United Nations podcast, but if you'd like to, I'm all for it.
0: Yep. Yeah, definitely looking for sponsors. So, you know, if, you want. <laughs> if anybody would like to sponsor us, we're totally cool with that.
1: <laughs> we'll take your money. We'll put yeah. your product for money. <laughs> so we can't talk about Stanley without mentioning one of the things he's famous for, and that's making cameos. Yes. So Cameo I, and me, Melissa and I are going to list off our five favorite cameos. And Melissa, I will admit I cheated. Not all mine are MCU.
0: Traitor. <laughs> hey,
1: he's done stuff I like a lot better outside of the MCU. <laughs> uh, do you want to start from five and go up or one and go down? I think we should start from five and go up.
0: Yeah, let's do that. Right. And before, I
1: can start. before we got number five, do you have any honorable mentions?
0: Uh,
1: nope <laughs> no. well, I'll list off my honorable mentions real quick because I had so many good ones and I'll spoil it now most of his cameos I have on my list are probably my favorite part of the movies yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of movies I wrote down I didn't really like but uh, I had to enjoy his cameos my honorable mentions are Captain Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Avengers: Age of Ultron, and two of those, those were my favorite parts of those of those movies. Was Avengers: Age of Ultron? That was probably my first distaste for the Marvel movies. Because I was so disappointed at that one. But his his cameo as Cap's uh, war buddy <laughs> that was great. And, and then Captain Marvel, for obvious reasons, with his cameo. Although I told Melissa, like, I go, "Wish they would have aged him up a little bit with." Like they did with, with uh Samuel L. Jackson just because at that point was ninety four, ninety five when Captain Marvel takes place. alerts if you haven't seen it, that Stanley wasn't as gray as he is now. So I wish they would've aged him up a little bit. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, Captain Marvel, he's sitting on the bus and he is reading the script for Kevin Smith's Mallrats made me smile uh, a little piece of, I smiled like Captain Marvel did in that scene. (laughs) (laughs) So Melissa, what is your number five great Stanley cameo?
0: My, my number five is from Captain America, the winter soldier. And it's when he's the security guard, and he's like, oh, man, I'm so fired when Cap steals his suit.
1: That, that, is a good, that is a good one. And I have that Funko Pop sitting right above me right now in the storage <laughs> unit at my mom's house. My buddy Brad got me that one. It's still in the box. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that candidate. That it's in my top five spoilers.
0: Yeah. Um. My number 4 is when yeah, he's the the drunk veteran in Age of Ultron and he's like Excelsior.
1: Excelsior.
0: That was that was certainly my my favorite part of that movie. Um other than the when they're all trying to pick up Thor's hammer and they they can't and he's just like Yes. And then, oh, if you what? What if you put into an elevator? Is the elevator worthy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> of course, you can't be. Though, if Thor put it down on top of the toilet lid, and nobody can go to the bathroom now because somebody's worthy enough to lift it. <laughs> except, except, <laughs> except Captain America. He's worthy enough. Yep. <laughs> I think we just spoiled the shit out of Avengers Endgame. Oh, sorry to those who haven't seen it, but go see it anyway. It's worth a watch. <laughs> it's been out for a month, it's made over. It's made over three billion dollars. I'll put I'll put spoilers in the in the episode description.
0: Yeah. What
1: What is your number three?
0: My number three is uh, I can't remember where he's at, but if it's one of the news clips, but it's from Avengers. And he's like superheroes in New York. Give me a break.
1: <laughs> and I think I think it's a real quick one where they're like they're showing a bunch of. I haven't seen the first Avengers in a long time, but yeah, are they like showing a bunch of random TV screens or people being interviewed or something like that?
0: Yeah, I think it's like the the separate newscasts or something. And then he's in one of them. He's being like interviewed, and then he says the the line, and that was quite funny.
1: <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of his cameos are quick. I, I, I want to say maybe Age of Ultron is probably one of his longest ones, next to Guardians too.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, that would probably be his, his longest, other than uh, Doctor Strange when he's on the bus and he's looking at the book. He's like, "Oh, that's hilarious."
1: That was. That <laughs> uh, was hilarious. I need to watch that one again. <laughs> I completely forgot about the, his cameo though. I know he was in it. But I just I couldn't pick when I was writing my list. I couldn't picture his cameo in my head.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: number two.
0: Number two is when uh, Avengers: Infinity War, and he's the bus driver, and he's like, "What's the matter with you kids? You never seen a spaceship before?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Isn't there another superhero on that bus?
0: Yeah, he will shall not be named. Yes,
1: Spider Man.
0: <laughs> Sorry, sneeze there.
1: <laughs> Bless you. <laughs>
0: Thank you. And my number one is when he's the FedEx guy. And I can't remember which movie that was from.
1: It's uh, Civil uh, War, isn't it?
0: So, yes, Civil War. Are
1: and, you Tony uh, Stank? Stank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to say it's Civil War because I remember Don Cheadle, he's trying to learn to yeah. walk or re- rehabilitating his legs or something in that movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah and then Stanley comes in and he's like who oh, package for Mr. Stank. And, yeah, this is Mr. Stank. And table for one for Mr. Stank by the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that was my number 1 cuz you know, that was I, I remember thought,
1: I thought about that one.
0: Yeah. I remember after the movie, um, because I went with my friend Jenny and and her brother Calvin, and we couldn't stop quoting that and laughing (laughs) because it was so funny. (laughs) So, yeah, that that one's my, like, number one favorite.
1: That's a good one. And it really ties back into your favorite character, too.
0: Of course it does. (laughs) I can't not talk about Iron Man. (laughs) Come on.
1: (laughs) You can't not. I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> Can't not talk about Iron Man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are your uh Stanley cameos?
1: Right. What's number, number five? Number five is my first cheat. And Stan Lee makes an appearance on the Big Bang Theory. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and he's talked about through most of the episode that you don't see him till the end when Sheldon and Penny show up to his house and he threatens to call the cops when Sheldon walks into his house. But my favorite part is like when Raj, Leonard, and Howard are outside Stewart's comic book store to get their comics signed by Stan. And Raj just, just keeps bringing up how Stan Lee names all of his characters with the same letters. Mm-hmm. Invincible Iron Man, Reed Richards, like, go on and so on and so forth. And when At the end, when they're reading their signed comics, it says, to my friend Howard, Excelsior, Stanley, to my friend Leonard, Excelsior, Stanley, it says, to Raj. <laughs> <laughs> well, you shouldn't have called him out about making fun of his characters. You pissed him off.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't get an Excelsior for that one. Come on. He just lost that.
1: <laughs> it was just that, that, that post-credit thing with Sheldon and Penny showing up to his house and... Back when Sheldon un- uh, didn't understand uh, sarcasm. <laughs> and stands like, whoa, what'd you expect? Just come and watch the Laker game with me? <laughs> and Sheldon just walks in here, Joni, call the cops. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that, one. that was a good one.
1: <laughs> uh, my number four, and it comes back to one of the f- – it's my – Last one where it's the only part of the movie I actually enjoyed and it's Thor the Dark World where he's the mental patient and he goes, Can I have my shoe back?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I I love Thor, but that one movie was a little hard to get through, but Stan's cameo was probably the highlight of it.
0: I, I agree. I um I didn't really get into that one either. Like it was alright, it was worth a watch, but yeah. But yeah, Stan's cameo was the greatest. That was that was good.
1: <laughs> and number 3, we already talked about Captain America the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Stan is a hell of an actor. And the just looking at it oh man, I'm so fired. <laughs>
0: And it's just like his face of like oh, just shock and kind of like oh god, what's gonna happen now? <laughs> I would
1: say I'd say stands better than like a lot of cameo actors you see
0: because
1: he 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 has some chops.
0: He certainly, yeah, he certainly
1: he's, does. He's he's got that natural charisma too. Yeah. So that probably helped a lot. Um, my number two. I'm going to show that I'm a red-blooded male and say Deadpool. That's the strip, <laughs> strip club DJ. Yes. <laughs> and I think the reason why I love that one so much is how excited he looked in that scene.
0: <laughs> Let's yes. give it up for Chastity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes.
1: That, that I think that's uh, what really sold it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love that movie regardless. Like, I love Deadpool. It's yeah. just friggin' hilarious. But yeah, his, his cameo is. It's funny. He's so excited. Like, it's just.
1: <laughs> it's so almost- like, Where are they going to fit a Stan Lee cameo in this movie? Like, he could be anywhere and <laughs> walk into a strip club to find Vanessa, and there he is. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: Of all the places to find Stan Lee, let's find him in a strip club.
1: Let's put (laughs) 93-year-old Stan Lee in a strip club.
0: (laughs) Yeah, good on him.
1: (laughs) And my number one is my last cheat It ties back in, and it's Mallrats.
0: Mm.
1: Mallrats is more than an extended cameo. He actually has quite a bit of dialogue in it. Oh, yeah. And I haven't I,
0: seen that movie, so...
1: Oh, well, Mallrats is great. I'd say it's Kevin Smith's best movie, hands down. Uh, he has he gets a nice, long... Uh, they talk about superhero stuff. Um, you know who the actor Jason Lee is? My name is Earl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he plays a character that's essentially based off of Kevin Smith's friend Walt Flanagan, who's obsessed with superheroes, and all all Brody wants to talk about is superheroes genitalia. So <laughs> what's the what's the thing Sting made out of, <laughs> all this stuff? <laughs> and it turns out that Stan was brought on to it from Brody's friend T S. And uh, you kinda of find out, spoiler alert, that Stanley just BS'd everything that he told Brody about having the, the girl that got away and all stuff to try to get Brody to get back with his girlfriend in that movie who was played by Shannon Dodory actually. And I hear Stanley talk you hear Stanley talk about a lot on podcasts and stuff about being in Mallrats and this speech that he gave about this girl that got away and how the Hulk is a manifestation of this and Doctor Doom is a manifestation of this, of this girl that got away, and it's all made up because I think Kevin wrote it. It's all everything Kevin wrote down for him, and he'd have that. And Joni would ask him, "Who's this woman you're talking about in the movie?" <laughs> so that's when he con- he was convinced he was that good of an actor that he was able to convince his wife that this woman was real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you, get your hands on Mallrats, it is a good movie.
0: Okay, I'll, to, movie. I'll definitely have to check that out.
1: Yeah, Evolve Kevin Smith's library, that I recommend that one the most. Probably Dogma is a close second. We always recommend both Clerks movies too.
0: Okay, yeah, I haven't seen those either. So, yeah, I'll have to check them out. I'll add to my long list of movies that I need to see. So,
1: yeah, his Kevin <laughs> Smith's view of the universe is pretty good, and Mallrats, I'd say, is the best one. And I think Jay and Silent Bob are actually the two characters that pull that whole universe together besides your fellow country person, Alanis Morissette playing God. <laughs> you might like dogma cause Alan Rickman's in dogma. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. yeah I like him. So yeah, I'll just check
1: that out. Well, that's our, our tribute to Stan. And what me and Melissa wanted to do is we wanted to have a drink in memory of Stan Lee. So even this is an, of an audio podcast, you cannot see us. <laughs> So if you, I want stress this, if you are of age listening to this podcast and you want to toast with us to Stanley, raise your glass right now. I'm drinking on my Stanley glass that was made for me. It says Excelsior on it. My friend, uh, Zach Hayes, his wife actually made it for me. I won it in a contest. So be jealous, Melissa.
0: I'm very jealous. I'm <laughs> my can of beer. <laughs> what, are
1: drink? what are you drinking? What are you drinking?
0: I'm drinking Northern Lager, which is brewed uh, local beer uh, by Sleeping Giant Brewing Company.
1: I'm drinking Cherry Bomb Blonde Ale, which is also locally brewed. Well, everybody, raise your drinks. If you are of age, I cannot stress this enough because nerd Nations does not condone underage drinking. Stan, we miss you. Godspeed. We're happy you're back with Joni. Thank you for everything you've done. Cheers.
0: Cheers, Stan.
1: I'm the only one that can see it right now, but Melissa drinks beer like Aaron Rodgers.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Did he just make a sports reference on a nerd podcast? Oh, my goodness. Do you know what I'm talking about even? Uh, no. Uh, well, so quick side, <laughs> quick side tangent. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, a basketball team, were just in the playoffs. They got beat by the Toronto Raptors in The NBA playoffs, and <laughs> a lot of the players were at the game that play for the Green Bay Packers up in Wisconsin. And I believe it was an offensive lineman or defense lineman. All these players are on the kiss cam, <laughs> so they decide, one of the linemen decides to stand up and chug his beer, and they show a couple <laughs> of players doing. They get to Aaron Rodgers, who starts who's their quarterback. He starts drinking, he gives one of these, puts his finger up like, "Give me a second. And doesn't finish his beer. <laughs> so when I was watching Melissa while we're recording this, she did that. She slowed down while she was drinking. Meanwhile, not to brag, I finished my whole glass in one breath.
0: Oh, I could do that too, but I didn't feel like it. So don't judge me and my life choices or my beer quick- drinking ways. <laughs>
1: <laughs> one more quick thing about Stan. We talked earlier he'd have to be easily be on the Mount Rushmore nerdum. Who, who would be the other three heads you'd put on there?
0: Oh boy! Uh,
1: I think say George Lucas.
0: George Lucas, yeah. Uh Steven Spielberg. Put him on there. You're looking like uh,
1: I don't I'd, know. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm thinking about it, but I could probably. I it's would like, say maybe. I'd say maybe Stephen King. Yes. Or who's the guy that writes? JR. Token writes uh, Harry Potter.
0: Oh, uh, J.K. Rowling.
1: Rowling, close enough. Sorry, don't <laughs> don't, don't attack <laughs> me on Twitter. <laughs> I do not. I, I'm not a Harry <laughs> Potter fan. I, I saw Fantastic Beast once, and I saw Gobble to Fire one and a half times. So, <laughs> do not at me. You'll find out. You'll find out in future episodes that we, both of us, all of us, do not venture into every kingdom of nerdum. Harry Potter is not one of my kingdoms. I pledge to. <laughs> uh, you nope. said Spielberg. I'd say Stephen King, or J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Maybe, think... maybe the George R.R. R. Martin now.
0: Yeah, I would put him on there. I haven't like I haven't read his books, so I can't really judge on that one. But I definitely love Game of Thrones. So
1: he'd at least be an honorable mention on there, since Game of Thrones is huge.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's a really well done show. So, I definitely, I've only seen up to season six. So, I haven't seen the the most recent stuff. But,
1: uh, yeah. I got no, a she- wild card. How about uh, Kevin Smith? He'd probably be up there now, too.
0: Yes, he would be. I think Mark Hamill needs one.
1: Mark Hamill, Adam West.
0: Yeah. Uh Matt oh, Groening no. Matt Groening, yes. Um creators of South Park.
1: Oh Trey and Matt.
0: Trey and Matt, yeah.
1: Yeah. Those guys are those guys are incredible. I mean, if we're gonna throw them on there, you have to have you can't throw them on there without throwing Tim Burton on there though.
0: Oh yeah. He definitely needs to be there. Yeah. I would. There would be riots in the streets, and I would start it if Tim Burton didn't have that.
1: <laughs> I'd be right there with you. I love Tim Burton, and we'll get to that in future episodes. Yeah, that's a maybe Walt Disney be on there too. Mm-hmm. If you count Disney, if you count Disney him as a thing, yeah. I think Walt, yes. Walt would be up there. Jim Henson, maybe.
0: Yes. Yeah. It'd so be cool. it'd be cool if, like, you know had him and then like had one of his Muppets or something with him.
1: Probably, cool. It'd probably be Kermit more than likely. Oh
0: yeah. Definitely Kermit.
1: Oh. At least we can set Stan Lee in stone. That'd be number one. Numero Uno. I think him and George Lucas would be like the two definite ones. Like first first ballot. First ballot voted in. Mm-hmm. No question. <laughs> no, no, sport, no, no sports <laughs> term.
0: <laughs> I'm losing
1: my nerd credit here you going to have to so have the
0: nerd cards in there.
1: I'll, I'll save it while I can. Well, what uh, you listen to ID10T or Nerdist as it formerly was. He, uh, Chris Hardwick referred to Sia Punk as a uh, a nerd in a Viking's body. I've kind of adapted that description for myself. I'm a nerd in an athletic body. <laughs> so while I can still save my nerd cred, how about we talk a little bit about ourselves, a little bit of our, our – our origin stories as to what made us the nerds we are today. Oh, boy. I'm a gentleman, so I'll say ladies first. Go ahead, Melissa. <laughs> How did Melissa Nicholson become the nerd we all know and love today?
0: Well, um, at first, I didn't really have a label for who I was. Like, I just... I, I, was getting interested into stuff, and I realized, oh, nerd is the label that I can hang my head under. And that was, like, what I was like, yep, that's totally me. And the first thing that got me really into nerdum was Star Wars, when I was introduced to that. Um, I absolutely love Star Wars, and although initially it was more or less for Han Solo, because I thought he was, like cat's pajamas He's so the it, was, it was it was all about him and then i watched it a couple more times and it was like yeah i really love the the meanings behind the like the deeper meaning in the movie and the characters and stories and stuff like that so i really enjoyed it and um and then i i basically carved my own nerd path like i I dug into that and discovered the Marvel movies and um and then found an interest in in those ones. Um a lot of my my nerdness comes from music because music was certainly a big influence and I really loved it and I got into it. So then it was it was that and then like Star Wars and Marvel movies and um and then when my nerd light shone really bright was when Doctor Who came out. And I absolutely loved it. Like, I, I've been watching it for 14 years now. And it ha- I have, like, referenced it, I don't know, many, many times. I've used it in high school. I did a philosophy assignment on it. Um, cause we were talking about like ethical decisions and in one episode, the doctor has an ethical decision and I explained it and why it was and his struggles and because I personally didn't have one. So I'm like, what can I do? What, what do I do for this? And doctor who, that's what I'm going to do. And I full on explained it. And I think I like, I got a passing grade on that. <laughs> it, was, it was a really good one. <laughs> Maybe it helped that the teacher really liked Doctor Who as well, but.
1: <laughs> Would you say that was Star Wars or Doctor Who was your first pop culture uh, obsession? Star Wars?
0: Star Wars, yeah. Star Wars and then Doctor Who was my um, next.
1: One. Well, what was your first obsession, like nerdy obsession, not necessarily anything pop culture related?
0: there's <sighs> nerdy obsession. I don't know.
1: Nothing you nerded out of nerded out about as a kid.
0: I can say I really like Tonka trucks. Like that was my thing. I really love those cuz like my first friends were my cousins. And so they're boys and so they were all into boy stuff and I really got into them. So like I was into yeah, Tonka trucks and then there was um I got into Max Steel. I think he's, like, the secret agent kind of person. I'm not really sure. Um, But I had, like, a Max Steel doll because I was told that, well, Ken doll is, like, really wimpy, so you should have a Max Steel doll. So then, because Max Steel could kick kick Ken doll's ass any day. So (laughs) I was like, okay, so I really got into that and what they got into. Um... Yeah, I really have to say, like, I wasn't really, I didn't have any nerdy obsessions, really. I knew I was somebody who was very different and had different interests than everybody else. Like, girls were slowly getting into boys and makeup and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I really don't care. How about this? And they're like, yeah, we don't care about that either. So, (laughs) To, to find that, that label of nerd and find all these things like Star Wars and Doctor Who and, and Marvel and find other people that are interested in them and to be able to talk about it, it's been, yeah. So that, that was, yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely say I didn't have any obsessions at that time because, like, I really didn't find anything that was... Um, of interest to me until yeah until like Star Wars and all those ones um I even wasn't really into comic books at first like I, I liked them I my first one was a Star Wars comic it was from free comic book day it was called when the fat lady swings and I really loved that one because I love Star Wars and so I kind of got into those I had a few comics and I read some of the ones that my mom used to have um, and she still has them, actually, some really old comics. Um, and then, yeah, not until recently that I've really gotten into them. But and then the whole conversion, but that's a whole other episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs>
0: spoiler alert.
1: <laughs> I messed with her mind.
0: Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, I was seduced by the DC side. ha. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very nefarious. I'm twisting my mustache right now.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> wah ha Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of my, my, uh, it was all me discovering it on my own. I didn't have anybody that introduced it to me. So, yeah. Well, other than, than, you of course He's introduced <laughs> me to graphic novels and DC and all that universe, so that's been pretty cool.
1: Do you ever use your nerdiness to influence others?
0: I try. Yes.
1: What do you do? Because <laughs> what I what I do is uh, I don't have any nieces or nephews by blood, so all my friends, their daughters and sons are my nieces and nephews. And what I do is every time they have a birthday and stuff, I buy them nerdy things. Like I mentioned earlier about the book I wrote, don't be afraid to be nerdy because your parents are in your good hands. Um, When Aaron and Gwen had their baby, I got them a Princess Leia book and I can't remember what I wrote down, but I think something about that, they'll always be their daddy's, daddy mommy's princess. And I always buy nerdy gifts for them. I have my one eight-year-old niece, she's obsessed with wonder woman so every time i come over wonder woman <laughs> i got her i got her, i started her at a young age and yeah. she's obsessed with wonder woman so every time i have young nieces and nephews i get like batman stuff or wonder woman stuff or ninja turtles yeah because i think the kids need that
0: they definitely do they need they need something like that and i you know, being a, an early childhood educator and working with all different age groups and kids, and I wholeheartedly encourage it. Like, if, you know, I've even really encouraged... Like, there's been some little girls who've been like, well, that's a boy thing. It's like, no, I like these things. You know, I like Star Wars, and I like these things. So it's totally okay to, to like these things, too. And, yeah, I definitely you know, encourage it, and um, you know, I love talking about it with the kids, because it's just like, they, I don't know how they know some things, like, I don't even they teach me things sometimes but, uh, it's yeah, I encourage it, I encourage them to be, you know an individual, and don't you know, I encourage them to you know, follow their, discover their own interests and not be afraid to be who they are So I definitely use that. And, um, yeah, I've taught the kids a lot of things, you know, and, um, you know, really encourage that. And, and, you know, it's kind of a help for me because then I can, like, you know, know that, like, I can make my nerd light shine and, like, see, it's all good. You know, it's okay to to do that. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, I always tease some people that I know that, you know, their kids are into Spider-Man. I'm like, no. No, get them, get them into this. That's no, that's just not. Just say no. <laughs> just say no to that.
1: <laughs> my my brother is very into Spider Man. A well, lot uh, for his last birthday, uh, I just got him some Spider Man comics. I just got him some Daredevil the other day. So he he always asks me for random stuff off the wall. I got him some Frank Miller Daredevil.
0: Nice. <laughs> so yeah, I've even. I, I'm even like in, in Doctor Who the the tenth Doctor. He says "Allons-y," which in French means "Let's go." I always- took French
1: for four years. I know that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but for those who might not know that, that's what it means. And he says that with all the enthusiasm, like before he like running down to you know running from a monster or about to do something. He's like "Allons-y," and so like I've said that to the kids, and they're like. They've looked at me weird sometimes, but they they know what I'm talking about because they they ha, um are in French immersion, which is like a strictly French uh spoken class. So
1: I didn't know we were in Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were in Thunder Bay.
0: We are in Thunder Bay. <laughs>
1: what's 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 the line from Letter Kenny? You have to drive Letter Kenny to drive fifteen hours to Thunder Bay, but you the to piss so bad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, that's if you're driving from, uh, yeah, from Sudbury or Toronto, Yeah, fifteen hours. Fun facts, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. The more you know. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> So you really don't have any early early influences in your family. Like your mom didn't turn you on to anything. Like then you say before your mom, you got your mom's sense of humor, don't you?
0: Oh yeah yeah my mom's quirky sense of humor and her general weirdness i definitely get that from her and i'm appreciative of that because it's just you know i'm my own little weirdo over here and uh you know um but i definitely like my um my one influence like and then i got this from my from my dad was music a love of music like I at a young age I was already listening to Jimi Hendrix and Tom Cochran and Red Rider, and like I was you know listening to that and slowly introduced me to a wide range of stuff and from that I've really loved music like that was my obsession I guess you could say my my definition. like my room was plastered in like you know band posters and stuff. And it was like Led Zeppelin and Rush and Avril Lavigne and a whole bunch. It was, yeah.
1: That sounds so stereotyp- stereotypically Canadian. I <laughs> <You> know.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah.
1: Do you ever have any nerdy nicknames, like pop culture nicknames people gave you? Or that yeah. were references to pop culture?
0: No, actually. The only ever nickname I got was Hippie. Hippie. <laughs> yeah, because, I don't know, I think it was just because I was like a chill kind of person. And then I also had these, like, rainbow fleece pants that I had. Like, it was like tie-dye. And so they, I think maybe they got it from that. But there was nothing pop culture-wise that...
1: Nobody called you Rainbow Bright.
0: Nope.
1: (laughs) Well, I'll call you Rainbow Bright then. There, now you you have a pop culture nickname.
0: Oh, that's awesome. (laughs)
1: Rainbow Bright.
0: (laughs) I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, I really didn't have a lot of people that, like, were into the same stuff I was or were generally nerdy. Like, I didn't. I really didn't have many people like that. So I didn't get those nicknames. I didn't get, you know, the weird references or whatever that I would get and be like, ah, I get that, you know. Or to be able to talk about these things, um, sort of, like, dive deeper into a conversation about it because that's what, like, I love to do, you know. Okay, yeah, I'll talk about, you know, oh, who's your favorite character? I'll answer those questions. But, like, come on, let's really talk about these characters. But, you know, if you're not interested, then it's kind of like, okay, well hit a wall of that and let's move on to something else (laughs) so yeah so i think enough about me what about you
1: about me well i think at the same my first obsession that we talked about earlier was dinosaurs i love dinosaurs when i was a kid and when I went to elementary school, we had to do like a science fair every year. And every year my presentation was on dinosaurs. I filled a box full of dirt, put some sticks in there and I put all my dinosaur action figures in there. And and I was about the right age too when Jurassic Park came out. I was about eight years old when Jurassic Park came out. The first one did. So I was right in my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. even though the Dilophosaurus the scene scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. But I was just, Emerged in it, dinosaurs. I still love. It. I think the Jurassic World movies now with Chris Pratt have really reignited my love for dinosaurs again. But uh, if I had to say my first pop culture obsession, it was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm. Being a child of the '80s, going on to that time with that and He-Man and Thundercats. Um, but the big one for me was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Me and my brother had all the action figures. Between me and my brother and our neighbors, I think we had every Ninja Turtle toy you could have. Um, then when I was about in third grade, then it was Power Rangers became the thing. And I, I revisited their first run of the Power Rangers a few years back. <laughs> and I got uh, the five-episode Green Ranger DVD, and I'm sitting there watching with this, gal, this girl about five, six years ago, and I'm like, why did I like this show to begin with? Again, it's so corny. <laughs> but... I've been where you're watching those 90s, uh, these 90s, what they call Toho Godzilla movies. And I'm sitting there watching, at, watching them at work on my lunch break, and I'm like, wow, these are the exact same level of quality as the Power Rangers I used to watch back in the 90s. It's so corny. <laughs> but as a kid, another big one was uh, Batman the Animated Series. I was a young kid when that came out too. Just being obsessed with that. The first episode I can remember watching, those a two-part episode on Clayface played by Ron Perlman. And that kind of freaked me out a little bit, too, just because at the same time, if you, hear, if you hear people like Paul Dini or Bruce Tim talk about Batman the Animated Series, if it was a cartoon for kids, it was also very adult or mature at the same time, too. Very noir. But uh, now that I have the DC Network, I can rewatch those episodes again, too, and... It's great to catch that. That's one of the cartoons I'll still go back to and watch a few episodes, especially now when I learned in my adult years that Mark Hamill was the voice of the Joker all these years. And that bull from Night Court was the voice of Two-Face and Ron Perlman as Clayface. And you go back and like, oh my God. (laughs) And then you carried on to adulthood when uh, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill continued to do the voices of Batman and Joker in the video games and everything and... It's a perfect tie-in. But, um, another uh, When I was a kid, though, I'm a big Disney nerd, too. And when I was a kid, you had to pay for the Disney Channel down here in the United States. And my grandma was a big influencer for me loving Disney because she would record everything on Disney Channel. And we'd go over to my grandma's house and watch it. Like, I'd watch... Dumbo Circus, which is like a live-action Dumbo, people in costumes, I'd watch a Canadian show called Under the Umbrella Tree, which is probably my first introduction to Canadian television. You ever seen that one?
0: I haven't heard of it, actually.
1: Uh, late 80s, early 90s. You should look it up. It's, it's, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's for kids. You can definitely tell. But uh Watching all and like Winnie the Pooh and watching all that stuff on Disney. And my grandma also had the clamshell Disney VHS movies that are are allegedly worth money now if you have the Black Diamond on them. But
0: yeah, I've heard a bit
1: about that. I I'd say my grandma, was my my mom's side was a big influence on me loving Disney so much, just because we'd watch it so much. Went over to her house and um, other. Nerdier influences my dad because I developed a sense of humor from watching movies and uh, TV shows. Like, my dad has a very dry wit, like I do, so I was introduced to the Red Green Show and Monty Python and uh, Benny Hill, and also at a young age. I grew up in a different, a little bit different time than Melissa did. <laughs> I grew up in the mid to late. late late 80s, early 90s, so I was watching rated-R comedies like Revenge of the Nerds and Porky's Animal House before I was even in kindergarten. (laughs) So it says a lot about me now, I guess. (laughs) uh, So I I guess I'd say if I could find – not that I don't have other influences, that my family influenced me in other ways, but if I look back – those, cause I look back and I still love those movies. I still love those shows and I get that from my dad. I always get told my mom, Oh, you have your dad's sense of humor. And to this day, I still love watching Monty Python. I I'm about two months removed from seeing red green live in person for the second time. <laughs> and that never gets old to see that kind of dry Canadian humor. And it rolls over to my love for trailer park boys and letter Kenny. And, uh, Another couple of comedy Canadian shows I'll talk about here, like um, Shits Creek is another one, or Young Drunk Punk. Uh, other good ones I have, another one I'll mention later in another episode. But, uh, comic books, like you, I wasn't into comic books a lot as a kid. Um, I had a few. I remember having this fair in my elementary school, and I won my first comic book at a at a game. It was a Green Lantern comic book. I couldn't tell you what issue number it was or anything, but I remember it was Green Lantern. It was Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan's my Green Lantern. But mostly as a kid I had comics, but the Simpsons ones or Animaniacs, any tie-ins to those. Not until flash forward to 2008 when I saw The Dark Knight and my nerdum just exploded. So granted I'm what 23, 24 at the time. um, Because I was I spent, I'm not like, uh, you hear Kevin Smith talk about how in high school he pushed comics to the side. That's sort of like I was, I was too busy in high school trying too busy trying to fit in and playing the football team and all that stuff. While I was still an art club at the same time. Um, but, uh, when dark Knight came out in 2008, it reunited my love for comics. I went to a comic shop in Ames, Iowa when I was there for a frisbee tournament. And, uh, Told the guy at the counter, "Hey, I love the movie Dark Knight, and I love the character of the Joker. The Joker is by far my favorite comic book character of all time." And um, told the guy how oh, I love this movie. Was, "Oh, you should check out this book. It was called Joker, and it's supposed to be a continuation of Heath Ledger's Joker from the movie." And since then, it, it's been eleven years strong, almost to the day, and I'm still collecting comics. But I, but I have been a lifelong Batman fan. I vaguely remember seeing. Batman 89 for the first time and seeing Joker electrocute somebody with the hand buzzer and those and seeing Batman Returns as a young kid Danny DeVito Penguin biting that guy's nose (laughs) it's an image that sticks with you for a long time when you're I want to say I was like nine years old when that movie came out eight or nine (laughs) so that sticks with you for a while uh, but over the years I had some nerdy influences, uh, like Tim Burton, Jim Henson, some such huge fans of their work, and same with Mark Hamill. Like we talked earlier, Mark Hamill is probably the, one of the next guys in line with Kevin Smith to wave the nerd flag. I'd say maybe George Takei is on there too. Yeah,
0: I'm,
1: I'm not a Star Trek watcher, but I'd, I'd say he'd probably be on the Mount Rushmore too. Yeah, he
0: definitely would be. Yeah, I'm not much of a, a Trekkie either, but I could still, like, you know, respect him and admire him for what he does and what he did. And yeah, yeah, he certainly would deserve to be a, a statue. Yeah. <laughs> or oh a Mount Rushmore of nerds. <laughs> as long as
1: it says, oh my, underneath it.
0: Yes, that would need to happen. Right.
1: <laughs> uh, I think it's funny you didn't have any nerdy nicknames growing up, because I had a few. Uh, one of them was Linus. I carried. My, <laughs> I had a blanket I carried with me everywhere. I, got, I was a thumb sucker for a while, so I got called Linus.
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, I had this totally random one though, from one of my mom's boyfriends. <laughs> and you ever watch Underdog, the cartoon Underdog? Yes. For some reason, this guy called me his girlfriend, Sweet Polly, (laughs) purebred.
0: Okay.
1: I I haven't watched Underdog in a in a minute, but (laughs) all that just popped into my head the night I was writing down my biography. I'm like, I also got called Superman a lot because I had a love for Superman. It started as a running joke in college. I had a girlfriend in college called me Superman, and. I brought it up one day in class, and all of a sudden, the teacher started calling me Superman. <laughs> one of my classmates started calling me Superman, so it ran from there. And I'm like, but now I mostly know this Joker, because going back to the Dark Knight, it, uh, I played Heath Ledger's Joker in the Haunted House so many times, it just became my nickname. I, I did put it down for a while, though, back when uh, the movie theater shooting happened back in 2012, but... I put that title down for a while, but sort of out of respect for people, and um I kind of gone back to that. As a lot of my handles, you'll see, is Mister J, as a nod to it, and uh like that. Now my other current name I'm on my Tug of War team is Groot. So,
0: <laughs> but
1: like you, I didn't embrace my nerdiness until much later in life. I kind of regret. Spent wasting so much time playing sports and trying to fit in. I wish I just would have admitted who I was at a young age. Like, yeah, it's okay to like comics, it's okay to love Ninja Turtles. I'm 34 years old, I still love Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see Batman Ninja Turtles when that comes out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't been that long that I was first introduced to Ninja Turtles, like the movie.
1: That was... Which um, one? The the Michael Bay ones or the one from
0: 89, 90? Yeah, uh, 89, 90. Like the, that's, that's a good one. one of the classic Ninja Turtles. That was, I don't know, maybe back in college. It was uh, seven years ago now? Ow. <laughs> anyway. You're just a kid. <laughs> Sometimes I, you know, I'm 26 and I feel like 62 sometimes, but, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I I too, like, I wish I would have kind of realized that, you know, it's okay to be interested in different stuff and not just, you know, oh, just focus on school and, you know, and that's about it. Like, you know, and then, but now it's like, full-on. Yeah, I'm, I'm weird and I admit it, but
1: it's all good. <laughs> anybody, anybody can be normal. Exactly.
0: no fun being normal.
1: It doesn't matter how long of the path we took, we're here. And exactly. we're not going, we're not turning back. Nope. So I have to say I'm 34 years old now, and I still talk about comics all the time, or cartoons I watched as a kid, and reminisce about them when I bought uh, Rocco's Modern Afterlife. But Rocco's Modern Life was a cartoon we watched as, a kid, as kids. And I saw they had a zombie comic out now. And I text it to my buddy. He's like, is that, is that a new Rocco comic? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, I love that I can go back and, and still embrace that and watch – Rocco's Modern Life, where I can watch something I loved as a kid that freaked me out completely, like uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. The movie freaked me out. As a, well, Christopher Lloyd, in general, freaked me out from that movie, but I can still go back and watch that movie with nostalgia. So, man, that's so great. <laughs> <laughs> and I think a lot of these podcasts I listen to help spark that, too, because it's... A lot, I'm, now, I'm glad I can now can be that one of those guys that says, "Say, hey, don't be afraid to like what you like and don't apologize for it. Um, but I've been told it wasn't okay to be nerdy, that I was told I was embarrassing. And I was reaching out to Melissa at this time, and Melissa kind of brought me back. And this was actually quite recently. And there was times I was ap- I'd go on nerdy tirades, and I'd say, I'm sorry, I'm a nerd now. And then she brought me back. And now uh, I'm never going to apologize for giving an hour-long dissertation on why Mark Hamill is the my favorite Joker, <laughs> or well, I can't talk about Robert Pattinson being cast as Batman. <laughs> I have oh. honest, no, I have no honest opinion about that right now, and I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> um, Don't need
0: to go there. I
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if if you're if you're out there right now, you're. That age where you're still trying to find it, like middle school, high school, college age. If you love Batman comics, don't be afraid to talk about it. And if people don't want to accept you for that, then forget them. Because we're here for you. We like you for who you are. You like Batman? That's cool. You like Star Wars better than Star Trek? You like Star Trek better than Star Wars? More power to you. We'll still be your friend. Even if you like Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll we'll. Yeah, we'll bite, our,
1: we'll bite our tongues, but
0: yeah, yeah, we'll 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 respect that you have the interest in it, but that that's as far as we'll go, because <laughs> we're,
1: we're a love it... we're a love podcast. We're not about hate.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we strongly dislike characters, <laughs> but we're also going to defend random stuff. Uh, like a certain movie that came out this year that catches a lot of crap. We're going to defend that as a foreshadowing. I got to do some more homework on that one still. Um, if you haven't figured it out by now, it's Hellboy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I,
0: I called that one.
1: <laughs> we are. Yeah, and this might lose some listeners. We We, we actually enjoyed the new Hellboy movie. And... I will speak for myself and say I love Ron Perlman as Hellboy. I also love David Harbour as Hellboy.
0: David Harbour is better than Ron Perlman. (laughs) That's a whole other debate for, like, ever.
1: (laughs) United Nations, not condone the the thoughts and opinions of Melissa Nicholson. (laughs)
0: Uh, So neat. And you're like, oh, this is a love podcast, whatever, we're on
1: Except I'll no, I'm just separate myself. <laughs> Send all your hate tweets to Melissa, <laughs> not me. I love Ron Perlman. I just talked about him for five minutes. How I love him as Clayface on Batman the animated series. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, like he's he's good. Like I I will admit, like he's good. But I definitely like David Harbour's energy of Hellboy. Like he just brings like a whole new life to him. And just that energy is what I think Hellboy needs because he's he's a little bit like of this a little bit of a reckless person, and to have Ron Perlman be sort of a like a calmer, maybe a more neutral sort of person or like well, he's not really person, but um sort of character. It just yeah, David Harbor's is is better, and that but that's just my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. So.
1: I love Lobster Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best post-credits, mid-credit scenes ever. <laughs> yes, but we'll, we'll we'll save that topic for another day. Um, like I said, our initial, our first episode, our inaugural episode. That's the word I was thinking of. Inaugural. Trying to use a two-dollar word. Um, French, talk about what we're all about. We love all things nerdy. We don't mention everything nerdy. I like things that Melissa doesn't like. Melissa likes things I don't like. And in a couple episodes, Melissa's going to tell me all about Doctor Who. The only thing I know about Doctor Who is the whole – something I don't think you knew about was it was the whole hacking scheme that happened – down, the whole pirated broadcast that happened down here in the States back in the 80s. Yes. Which if you haven't seen that footage, I can send it to you so you can – Be aware of that for that episode. It's kind (laughs) of weird. I heard about that in another podcast, actually, and they never caught that guy. That was almost, that was over 30 years ago.
0: Wow.
1: (laughs) But uh, we're not claiming to be experts on on these subjects by any means. We're simply, essentially just bringing the nerdy chats that we have and bringing to an audio level. So you want to join in with us? You agree with us? Disagree with us? hey, I'd also like the same things.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's why That's why we came up with this podcast, because, you know, we love talking all things, you know, pop culture and nerdy and in our interests, and we want to share them. And, um, you know, we hope that you enjoy, you know, listening to us kind of, you know, talk about what we like and our thoughts on things and, and maybe banter back and forth because, you know, we like to do that and, you know, Tease each other sometimes. And so it, there's, there's going to be, I'm sure, like there's going to be, you know, our opinions, but there's going to be a lot of lighthearted fun and humor. And, and we hope that you really enjoy it.
1: Hey, you're not going to get those blank stares from us when you want to talk about something nerdy. Uh, which brings me to a question I was going to ask you um, What was the first reference you made to a pop culture thing or nerdy thing and nobody got it?
0: Um, think? um, I think it might have been a Monty Python reference. Yeah, it was a Monty Python reference, and nobody got it. It was like crickets and blank stares. And what was it now? Oh, what was the reference?
1: Um... Oh, I can't remember what the reference was,
0: <laughs> but yeah, it didn't it didn't go over well because you know, nobody had seen had seen Monty Python and I think it was something from Life of Brian because I love that one like that's my I, absolute favorite. It's
1: it's number it's number two in my list. Holy Grail takes the cake.
0: Yeah, like that that one that one is good, but I can I can like. Quote and reference
1: Life of Brian more than Holy Grail. Life like, of you know, Brian like... stuff at a close second, though. It, it's a close second.
0: Yeah,
1: it's yeah. up there. It it has it has the it can back up. It can back it up. It's got the legs to run with Holy Grail. I think Holy Grail just has more memorable stuff. I think in it
0: because
1: mm. you got the French and they got the French people scenes and you got the Bridge of Death and you got the knights who say knee. You got all that stuff, which probably gives uh, Holy Grail that little edge. But I th- I, I would say Life of Brian was, would stand toe-to-toe with Holy Grail, though.
0: It certainly does, yeah. Yeah. But
1: the first reference I made that I can remember that nobody got, have you seen Orgasmo? No. It's a Trey Parker-Matt Stone project about a Mormon who becomes a porn star. <laughs> 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 it reeks of Trey and Matt. I think it, I want to say it was like mid to late '90s, right, right around the time they were making South Park. Yeah. But uh, uh, Trey Parker plays the main guy who becomes the Mormon who becomes the porn star, and he has the uh, sidekick called named Chota Boy, <laughs> who's in the movie with him. Who is a he's a genius. He studied at MIT and everything, and. You hear and there's a scene where they're talking. They're getting ready to film a, a, the next adult scene, and you hear them. Because I got a, like a, a master's degree from MIT, and he and you hear Trey Parker go MIT in Boston, and Diane Bicara replies, "Oh, it's in it's in uh, Cambridge actually." When I was in high school, a guy in my graduating class that he was going to study at MIT, so I said. Knowing it's in Cambridge, (laughs) I go, MIT, in Boston? (laughs) He just said it's in Cambridge. (laughs) He didn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) There's a girl on my tug team. Alicia, if you're listening to this, you know I love you. Uh, I have to explain references I make to her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's what it was. It was, now I remember. It was the, when the, everybody's chasing after Brian and then he leaves his sandal and then they pick it up and like, it's a sign. And, and I, I had said that, you know, Oh, there's a, sandal on the ground or whatever because, you know, you, sometimes you find the odd shoe or something, right? And uh, so there was a sandal, and I'm like, oh, it's a sign! And it's
1: like... Now that you describe it, it, it vaguely rings a bell. Um, it's not one of the first scenes that sticks out in my head from the movie. Usually I think of, arms for an ex-leper. Or... <laughs> I, think, I think I think Biggest Dick is probably gets the biggest laugh reference from that movie. Oh, definitely. Or or the song they sing at the end. Yeah. But uh, one of my favorite references to that movie, though, is uh, at the beginning. A bomb. It might bite him. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Why did you give up a bomb for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> or the, or the, the stoning scene at the beginning is pretty funny. <laughs> Are there any women here today? <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought we started.
0: <laughs> I just said Jehovah would like this. Meal.
1: <laughs> this fish was good enough for a Jehovah. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, well, I think we could bring our inaugural episode to a wrap. Um, before we go, we we wanted to give a quick shout out to some of our favorite podcasts is inspiring us to do this and uh i wanted to throw a couple out here i think melissa you subscribed to some of these too um a lot of these are on the real fans for real movies network so you can these guys don't sponsor us at all but um shows like holy backcast real fans for real movies please rewind disorder grim grinning hosts uh those are all on the same network um plea uh anything goes and tell them Steve, Dave, Hollywood, Babylon, all your general pop culture, um, podcasts and main sense. They all dabble here and there. Tell them Steve, it's not as much pop culture, but it's just like a friends talking stuff. But, uh, I just want to thank some of these guys like Andy and Jamie and Tim, um, guy Hunter, um, all the guys that tell them, Steve, Dave, Kevin Smith, Holly Babylon, just thank you for the inspiration. Uh, Melissa, you had a few that you wanted to name drop too.
0: Yeah. Um, I've got two that I want to name drop because I'm currently kind of uh, following them religiously. Um, the Monday Morning Podcast, and then there's also the uh, Thursday Afternoon Just Before Friday Monday Morning Podcast, and that is hosted by comedian Bill Burr. And you can find it on uh, Spotify on SoundCloud. You can find it. And you just search Monday Morning Podcast and you'll find it. Um, It's a lot of just him rambling about a lot of different things, like everything from sports, because he's a big sports guy, to just things he observes in life. Um, And then he also... um, he sometimes has guests on, and a lot of them like are his friends in comedy, or they in different like bands or whatever. And it's a really funny uh, podcast. Um, he's hilarious; like he goes on tangents, and he reads like he has different ads that he reads, and he reads them just in the most hilarious way. So yeah, I would definitely recommend listening to. Sounds that.
1: like tell him Steve Dave's like that. They they do their own ad reads. They're pretty funny.
0: So yeah, And then the next one um, that I listen to and sh- people should subscribe to is ID10T, which is formerly Nerdist, and that's hosted by Chris Hardwick. And he gets all sorts of people on there. Um, it's kind of a more casual interview. Like, it's still an interview, but it's more casual. Um, and he's had a wide range of people on there. He's had people... He's had Mel Brooks. He's had... Um, Ron Perlman, he's had Mark Hamill, um, Max Brooks, he's had... Uh, CM his,
1: Punk was a good one.
0: Yeah, Chris Hemsworth, Like he's he's had a wide range. And, and all the, the interviews are really, really good. Uh, highly recommend that. And you can find that on... There's a website, id10t.com um, and also you can find it on Spotify and... Uh, Apple Play Music, you can find it on pretty much everywhere um, that you you know you like to listen to. So
1: his Bruce a, Campbell it, ones are pretty good too. Yeah, those were those were always pretty funny ones.
0: Yeah, my favorite, my personal favorite was the Mark Hamill interview. I thought that was really good.
1: It was he a did, lot. Yeah, he did two, He did a live one with Mark Hamill too, didn't he? He At did a, a gaming convention or something.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember exactly where it was, but yeah, he did it, the live one, and then he did a, another separate kind of interview.
1: Both very good. Yeah, they were. Yeah. I need to get back on that one. I just started listening to a, a Jason. It's a all Friday the 13th podcast. <laughs> it's called In Voorhees We Trust.
0: <laughs> I like that. Well, you need
1: to watch the movie so you can listen to it.
0: Well, exactly. I need to. Yeah, I have to. Oh. Yeah, I've met Ari Lehman, the first Jason. Met him at Scarefest in 2016. So.
1: Who on this podcast hasn't met Ari Lehman? I don't.
0: Know. <laughs> <laughs> Randomly met him in an elevator because he was staying in the same hotel that I was. And I we
1: met him at him. a movie theater at the premiere of the remake. <laughs>
0: Cool.
1: Yeah. Oh. Melissa, uh, if people want to get a hold of you personally, where can they find you on social media?
0: Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, my Twitter handle is at M-I-S-S-Melissa, uh, M-E-L-I-S-S-A, M-E-L-I-S-S-S-A capital N. So all of it together is Miss Melissa N. Uh, you can find me there. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at the same Twitter handle. I like to stay consistent, so same thing, except this one is all lowercase and there's an underscore in between the Miss and Melissa and then an underscore between Melissa and M. So you can find me there and check out all my hilarity there.
1: And <laughs> you can find me on the tweets and Instagrams at QCA Mr. J. Uh, M-I-S-T-A underscore J reference to the Joker in the QCA just stands for Quad City area because that's where I'm from Um, most of my tweets and posts are about my cats or about the paranormal group I'm in or my random artwork so if you want to tweet me or Instagram me there that's where you can find me Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at Nerd United Nations podcast and Twitter the same name if you want to Yell at us, agree with us, suggestions for topics for shows, whatever. Get a hold of us. We'll okay. be open as long as you keep it tasteful. Don't be hate tweeting us or anything. Then we'll just ignore you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Keep it all respectful, guys. Like share, share love of podcast, your thoughts and definitely suggestions. Because you know we we have you know we have our ideas, but we're also open to many more. So we welcome
1: that. Of course, of course. And uh, we like to, Melissa, it's a good first episode. Can't wait to do it again. We'd get our next episode going here. Uh, hopefully, this catches on. And, Andy, if you're listening, pick us up on, our, on your network, please. We love Holy Backcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we want to close out every episode like we, the same way uh, to quote the great Gilbert Lowe from Revenge of the Nerds. We're nerds and uh, we're pretty proud of it. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. The thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone.
0: And do not represent the companies they happen to work for. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.
1: Thanks for listening, guys.